is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays, live from the Radio DePaul Studios in Chicago, Illinois. My name is Phil Alamalek, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How's it going, Trenton? Doing pretty well. It's a little bit cold on this Tuesday morning, a little bit early, but that's okay. The grind never stops. How are you doing, Bilal? I'm doing well. This is We're here. It's our first show. Very first show. Isn't that something special? We worked. We want to do this from the very beginning of this school year, and... We're here now, so let's uh, do a quick introduction of who we are so anyone listening has a good idea. So how about you start off? All right. Um, I'm one of the hosts here, Trenton Cito. I am a sophomore right now at DePaul University studying sports management. Uh, my favorite football memory is probably just growing up watching the Bears, watching the Broncos. My dad was a fan. How about you, Below? So, I am from the suburbs here. I'm from Naperville, Illinois, and my favorite team is the Bears. I am a freshman here. This is my second quarter at DePaul. And my favorite uh, moment would have to be, even though I was probably too young to really remember this lie, my favorite memory is Devin Hester running the opening kickoff back of the Super Bowl against the Colts. Oh, that's a classic. And after that, really, I got into football. Like, I wasn't into it before. My family only got into it once the Bears were doing really good. And here we are now. I mean, just going back to that game all throughout the weeks leading up to that Super Bowl, all the talk was... Whatever we do, we can't let Devin Hester bring that kickoff back. And he did. Through all that, he that still was a, brought it back. That was a start of a great time in Chicago. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, why don't we jump right into NFL news right now? What do you got for me, Blow? So, first thing up, so hope I bet you saw this recently, but it's like Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson both are now in the Hall of Fame. 
that was that was big news when it came out live. That was that was incredible. That was such an emotional moment. There was a especially Bill Cowers was I saw that live on TV during their halftime. And it's when you see the presence of the Hall of Fame president, David Baker. He walk he's such a huge person. He walks into the room and you're like, why is he here? Everyone just stops. Everybody and then, just stops and watches, right? Exactly. And it's like and then there the rest of the panelists knew what was happening, but like just to see the expression on Bill Cowher's face. I mean, I'm probably too young to have remembered him seeing him coach, but I've seen highlights and I know who he is and just like I feel so good for him. Yeah, that was such a big moment. Um Troy Aikman also, they showed him a little bit, right? Sort of tearing up. He that was, was that was that was special. I mean, I saw a post, I think it was last night from Troy Aikman, how he was at a youth football camp. I think he was in high school, and it was a Jimmy Johnson football camp. And so he's been with Jimmy Johnson since, like, he's known him since, like, high school. And he was his quarterback back in Dallas when they won Super Bowls. And just to see him, it, it was very nice. And it's like, you had to have a feeling that Jimmy Johnson was going to get it right after Bill Coward. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Just the way, I mean, part of the surprise was lost in that but I still, it was a great moment nonetheless. Totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Uh, also, we have the Browns hiring Kevin Stefanski as a new head coach. It seems like every year or every other year, the Browns are picking up a new head coach. What do you think of Kevin Stefanski? First of all, it's Cleveland. <laughs> it's Cleveland. I mean, what can you... I think this is like their 18th head coach in... There was a stat the other year, the other day, it was like the Cowboys have only had like nine or so, maybe a little less, a little more, but it's like the 18 for the Browns. You just hired a guy in Freddie Kitchens, and then you fire him the next year. It's like, I mean, apparently Stefanski was runner-up to Freddie uh, Kitchens last year, and now he got the job. So it's like, I don't get it. It's Cleveland. The guys worked for 14 years in Minnesota. They had a great year last year, but again, it's Cleveland. You don't know what you're going to get out of it, and I am skeptical. I'm going to have to sit, wait for some results. I'm, I'm a little skeptical too, but I kind of like the hire of Stefanski, especially since all his career, Kirk Cousins was kind of portrayed as this quarterback who could never win the big games, but with Stefanski running the offense... He really showed up. I mean, he made it this far into the playoffs, even though they did get knocked out, right? Kirk Cousins has shown that in the right system, he's pretty solid. And I want to bring your attention to a, a tweet that Kevin Cole, one of the analysts for Pro Football Focus, said. Uh, he quoted that Stefanski, when he came in as an offensive coordinator, he told Gary Kubiak, one of the um, offensive assistants and some of the other coaches, offensive line coach, tight ends coach, he told them that he's not going to force them to learn his system. He's going to learn their terminology because he said it's easier for him as one person to learn their terminology than for multiple people to learn his. 
And I just thought that was a really cool moment by him. Just, you know, to be open to that kind of thing. Well, I've heard of, I've heard a lot of that with other coaches when they've moved over and stuff, but it's like, it really hasn't been that successful in the past. Like I remember in one situation, uh, Bears fans will know, uh, being from Chicago, it's uh, Mel Tucker, our old defensive coordinator. When Mark Trestman was our head coach, he came in and he said he's going to learn Rod Marinelli's system from Lovey Smith's time. And our defense regressed horribly that year. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think he should bring in his own system, let him learn it. But also, I mean, he has, he's got the talent, though. He's got Jarvis Landry. He's got Odell. He's got Baker. Baker, I'm still not sold on him yet, but maybe this will be the year that Baker becomes whoever he's meant to be. Yes. Or he will show that he's not, and they'll move on from him. Who knows? I think the key for Baker is going to be the play calling that Stefanski brings in, right? The kind of plays that he brings in, he's not going to have Baker hopefully drop back you know, five-step, seven-step drop. It'll be more of the quicker passes. He won't put Baker in those situations where the pass rush is coming straight at him. We can only wait and see what happens. Like, and there was such high, high hope with this year with the new coach, Freddie Kitchens and Baker. They thought that was going to be a perfect marriage, like a Sean Payton and a, and a Drew Brees. And then he's out after a year. We'll see what happens with Kevin Stefanski. All right, we got we got some more news to get to. So ESPN is reportedly going to make Tony Romo the highest offer for a broadcasting job. Now, currently, Romo works with the Jim Nance as the number one unit at CBS. That, and what do you think about this? That's pretty big, I think. I mean, Tony Romo came in with all this hype over how good he is announcing and really throughout these past two seasons that he's been live on air he's been pretty incredible you know I think he's really influenced even some of the the veteran broadcasters who have also listened to him and felt that you know they can step up their own game along with yeah it's supposed to be the salary that they're reportedly offering him is between 10 to 14 million dollars jeez and he the largest base salary that he ever made playing for the quarterback playing quarterback for the Cowboys. Now this is a quarterback position, so it's like a lot of money. Right. He only made eight point five million in one year. Really? That's that crazy. was the largest base salary he had. So he's being paid more to announce than he was to ever play starting quarterback. If you remember the uh AFC championship game last year, he was predicting plays before they happened. Right. And it's like, I love that insight of an announcer, especially with a mind like Romo. I, It's going to be interesting to see what happens. ESPN's going to... Uh, no, excuse me. CBS is going to have to fight to keep him. And if he goes to ESPN, that's going to shake up the entire uh, landscape on Monday Night Football. That's and Right. That's right. Because Booger McFarlane is oh, doing... Booger. <laughs> Booger. Booger is so annoying at times. Where it's like he says the most basic things. Do you remember the booger mobile last yes. year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Witten was in the booth, mm-hmm. he's driving on a cart on the sideline with a TV on the back. I feel bad for those people who paid the fans front in the row back. seat. Yeah, and then they can't see. 
because you yeah. paid like five hundred dollars for a ticket and you're blocked by the booger mobile. I don't know. We'll s- it's going to be really interesting to see. I like Romo's commentary. Can't wait to see him this weekend on the AFC Championship game. Ooh, that's going to be a big game. And lastly, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be featured on Amazon's All or Nothing series. What do you think about this? Um, I actually haven't watched the All or Nothing series. Uh, it's kind of like Hard Knocks, right? In a way. I or? also have not seen it, but okay. you are correct in that is like Hard Knocks. It is Amazon's version of it. It's something relatively new. I think came out over the past like maybe three, four years, roughly, a little less, a little more. But uh, I find it, these type of reality things to be more of a distraction. It's That's like, a good point. It's, uh, but I think what the difference between Hard Knocks and All or Nothing is, is that, um, now maybe wrong, but I think it covers the entire season. Okay, not just the, not just not training just the preseason. Camp. Okay, gotcha. So... Again, I find the distraction to have a bunch of cameras around. I'm not there, but still, if it was me, I'd try to avoid being part of it. Right, because then it'll just capture, you know, the highs and lows of the season, team drama, stuff like that. It's all for reality TV, and reality TV has never really produced anything great, except for, like, talent shows. (laughs) Those have been fun to watch, but anything else? No. Right. All right, now, now that we're in the heart of the playoff situation, let's uh, talk about the playoffs this weekend. So we got the a- the championship weekend coming on. And let's, since it's our first show, let's recap the whole playoff situation. So do you want to catch us up to what's happened so far? All right. Well, we take a look at the d- divisional round of playoffs, which happened just this past weekend. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers put away the Minnesota Vikings. I think that was kind of expected, right? Yeah. 49ers defense, solid, amazing. They have three great running backs in the backfield. At any time, any one of the three or all three of them can go off and have amazing games. The Vikings defense, not too strong, it seems like. Um, Dalvin Cook was more or less contained, really. He couldn't find running lanes, and he also couldn't catch any screens because the 49ers were just so aware of him at all times and that I think prevented Kirk Cousins from having a game a good game this this time around. No, I mean you go from a you go from beating the Saints in New Orleans. It's like they can only beat the Saints in the playoffs apparently. It's <laughs> like you beat them in 2014 in in Minnesota, but then you go and then you go into New Orleans and it's like you beat them there, but it's like you go to the next team in the divisional round and you fall apart. Yeah, it's been an up-and-down season for them, I think. They've really been riding that Dalvin Cook train, and as soon as Cook doesn't have a good game, that's when things start to fall And then you can't bit. rely on Kirk Cousins to win you the game on his own. Like, he's he's an all-right quarterback. I wouldn't put him up with the elite, but he's also he's worth maybe $65 million, not the $84 million that he got. He was really helped by the play calling especially with Dalvin Cook rolling. I mean, when you have a solid running game, you don't really need to do too much as quarterback, right? Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, he didn't really have these flashy stats. Mm -mm. He just rode the running game. Exactly. And Stefanski's going to bring that to Cleveland, hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. They have Nick Chubb. We'll see. Again. 
Cleveland. <laughs> um, well, all right, let's go to let's go to the Chiefs and Texans game. Chiefs and Texans. This was a crazy game to watch. This was an absolutely crazy game to watch. I really thought this game was going to be a complete upset. Like, what was it? They were up 21-0 in the, the first quarter? 24-0, yeah. 21-0 in the first quarter, and then they got another field goal second quarter. 24-0. I mean, from the first upset that I saw the wild card week was the Titans and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think, like, all my picks for this playoffs have gone, like, the other way around. It's like the, your safe picks. I mean, granted, the Chiefs did win this game in the end, but it's like the beginning. You thought they were gonna like be destroyed, and it's like the AFC Championship game might be in Houston. It's like wow, but then you, you got Mahomes, and Mahomes. You can't count out Mahomes. Mahomes is gonna lead you down. I think there were maybe six or seven drives in a row with like touchdowns after that. Yeah. It was um, eight straight scoring drives, eight. but that was counting touchdowns and field goals. But yeah, you're Still. right. You're right. Patrick Mahomes put up four passing touchdowns in just the second quarter. In a single quarter, he put up four passing touchdowns, wiped out the che- the Texans' lead, and he gave the Chiefs the lead going into halftime. No, but the t- the Chiefs started out horribly. I think they had a block punt. Block punt, right? They it was not going their way. But then you got Andy Reid, you got Mahomes, can't count them out. What I can't understand, though, is the Texans pulling off a fake punt at their own, what, 30-yard line, 35-yard line? Yeah. Like, that's when you're up in lead so far and you're away, you know, you're at the Chiefs. There's all the Chiefs fans. Why? why what is the logic of pulling a, a fake punt in your deep in your own territory? But you got to listen. You got to look at the other way around, too. Like, you set it up the exact same way you just did. You're away. You have the lead. You're in the divisional round of the playoffs. You just a game away from the Super Bowl. If you did, if you got that fake punt, then the momentum shifts so much because you already have it at that point. Right. You just crush them even more. Yeah. I mean, you could see Mahomes in the sideline, though. Mahomes is like trying to get his guys ready to go. Because they just came off their bye week and they're looking around and they're like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the blessing and the disguise of the bye week, where the bye week is like you haven't played, so you're a little rusty. Texans did play last week, so they were fine. But um, speaking of teams of bye weeks, the Titans and the Titans and Ravens. Ravens. That was and that's another upset. I, I, yeah, I mean, the high-flying Ravens team. You had Lamar Jackson, who's the front runner for the MVP. He's probably still going to get that. This playoff is not going to change that. You had his rushing. He, oh, so rephrase that. Re, uh, rephrase that. He has a great rushing attack. He could pass it. You have to always have one person on your defense who is focused on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you that always have to have. Are, a spy. Exactly. Always have to have a spy. So on you him. are losing a player basically because you don't know what Lamar Jackson can do, and the Titans just dominated that yeah. game. Every time he had to run, he was mostly running just laterally, right, left and right, trying to find an opening. Sometimes he did break through, right. He still had what was it, a hundred forty something rushing yards against yeah. them. So it wasn't like 
he wasn't com- he wasn't completely contained, but they just frustrated him enough. Hey, a football field is fifty three and a third yards wide. You could run fifty three yards, but gain zero gain yards zero, at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what he was doing. He wasn't. He, I mean, he did have over a hundred yards rushing in the game, but the explosiveness of the Ravens. It wasn't there. And then at the same time, you had Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry just running people over. It's his third game in a row, if you count the end of the regular season, with over 180 rushing yards. Had 195 yards rushing, 30 carries in this game. He just he was he is the Titans offense right now. He's like a freight train. <laughs> you can't stop who wants to tackle that guy? You don't. No. You don't want to stand in front of that guy. It's like <laughs> I'm gonna let him score. <laughs> because either I'm going to get hurt or I'm going to look like a fool and I'm going to be trampled over on primetime TV. Right. I mean, this is this broadcast all over the place, right? Everybody's getting these games. They're going to watch <laughs> they're going to watch Derrick Henry run over somebody. No. And the biggest thing is Ryan Tannehill. The guy who a lot of people thought was done. He was pretty much thrown out of Miami. Yeah, Miami, he had a really unfortunate situation in Miami. But luckily for him, he's one game away from going back to Miami and playing in the Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl. That's that's crazy. That's the ultimate, like, you get sent to Tennessee. You're the backup to Mariota. You come in. And then you, you take his job. You take his job. You go on this run. You make it to the playoffs. You beat the Patriots. Patriots. At home. At home. Exactly. And you go into Baltimore. And you at, beat the Ravens at exactly. home. Exactly. It's like, what can this team not do? Right. I mean, I was I was watching the live game on my couch at home, and after Lamar Jackson threw his first interception, right, South, the crowd quieted a little bit, and then Ryan Tannehill orchestrated that first drive, got a touchdown, and, you know, crowd quiets a little more. And then after their second touchdown drive by the Titans, the crowd was just silent. They couldn't believe it. The Ravens had like never been down like that ever mm-hmm. in the game. That like, was that was a crazy situation for them to and be. And the in. first thing you said, Lamar Jackson threw an interception. Mm-hmm. When does that happen? That that really took everything out of the crowd and I think out of the team too. Because after that, all of his receivers, tight ends, they all started dropping passes. Right, they were all just completely thrown off. Did you watch pregame for that show? I did not. They had the camera focused on the tunnel, and it felt like you were actually at the game okay. in a way. Like yeah. the, just the players running out, and then the individual players running out. And then, of course, because the quarterback, Lamar Jackson, was the last person to run out. And just the feeling, watching the crowd reaction, it felt like I was getting excited, and I wasn't even at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, just because... The way it was like that, it just felt so good. And then all of a sudden, it just crashes. Right. So fast. And then we have... The final game, Seahawks at the Packers. Oh, God. That was a... I mean... Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. Um, it's It's a battle of those two NFC giants, but... Russell Wilson, he can't do it all. And Marshawn Lynch definitely wasn't helping in the run game. 
No, but when you get down to the goal line, you could re rely on beast mode. Beast mode was there. He was there with the goal line, scored a couple of touchdowns. But it, I personally wish it went the other way. But it was a good game. It's a good game. The it got out of hand at a point though, so it was. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Packers and the 49ers this upcoming week though. All right. Speaking of that, let's uh, let's go do a quick breakdown in these two championship weekends. So first we got the Chiefs first uh, versus the Titans to 2:05 p.m. Central Time in Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium. Now we got Tony Romo and Jim Nance here. That's a good. So, that's a good team that's calling that game. Oh yeah, we, this might be even Romo's last game because the Super Bowl's on Fox. So who knows? So what's your prediction for this game? Wow, this is going to be crazy. I mean, the Chiefs—they pulled off this crazy comeback against the Texans. It shows just how great the Chiefs' offense can be when they're rolling. They're unstoppable. But right now, the Titans have taken out two. AFC Giants, um, this is going to be a hard one, but I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans could pull off something because they have done an upset two weeks in a row now. All right, first things first, got to stop Derrick Henry. Right, there we go. If you don't stop him, the freight train is going to run another 180 yards over. And Tannehill won't have to do anything again. No, he didn't, like, what did he do, like, nine? He did, like, less than ten passes in, like, the second half or something. Something like that, yeah. But it was so low. Mm hmm So, you gotta stop the freight train. And then Kansas City just got to get to a start fast. They can't have the same start that they did against Houston. Houston, Houston jumped up. Luckily, they were able to come back. But I'm like, if a team can get up again two weeks in a row, that just destroys you. I honestly might change my pitch by the time this game comes on Sunday, but I am taking, oh God, this is hard. I am going to take the Titans Ooh. in an upset. Ooh. I wasn't sold on Titans at all, even though they beat, even though they, even though they had a great run, they beat the Patriots in Foxborough. But when they beat the Ravens in Baltimore, the best team in the AFC, probably one of the best teams in the whole league, that's the one that won me over. I'm I'm taking the Titans. Now this might change come Sunday. We'll have to see on next week's show. But I'm taking the Titans. All right. I think that's I think either one is a good pick, honestly. This is gonna be a fun game to watch, I think. All right, then we got the later game in the after the second game of the Afternoon, we got the Packers and the 49ers, 5:40 at Levi Stadium in San Francisco on Fox. We got the Super Bowl crew that will be head by Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. What do you think? I'm gonna take 49ers on this, uh, simply because they can score in so many different ways on offense, um, and their defense is incredible. They have three starters back now. Um, I want to see that pass rush go after Aaron Rodgers. I am going to go with the 49ers as well, partly also because I can never pick the Packers to win <laughs> a game. That's a good point. I have only picked them to win one game in my entire life, and they lost that game. <laughs> and uh, But also for some of the same reasons you said. like I trust the 49ers. They're on a hot streak. 
they I trust Garoppolo. He's like another version of Brady. Like mm-hmm. he studied under Brady and he knows how to act like Brady. He Rodgers has never done good in his home state of California. Like ever. <laughs> Something about like going back home just, just it's like his, work out for him. Exactly. It's like his kryptonite. Okay. He doesn't do well. And they just played each other. Now, I know they're going to dismiss it and be like, it wasn't like that. But they just played each other earlier this year, and the Niners destroyed Rodgers. I think he only had like a, roughly 100 yards pass in the entire game. The Packers have really been on and off this season. They have these streaks where they're completely dominant, and then they have these streaks where they, they just can't get anything done. And, you know, you never really know which one you're going to get. No, and I hope it's the one where it's <laughs> not so good. I'm sure the 49ers hope so, too. Yeah, so so based off of this, my Super Bowl is going to be the 49ers and the Titans, okay. which 49ers I expected, mm-hmm. Titans I didn't expect at all. Yeah, because the, the Titans weren't really picked for anything at the middle in the middle of the season. They were... Two and four halfway yeah, through some, the year. Yeah, right? yeah. Some some low record like that. And then they made the switch at quarterback, went on this hot streak, and, and then here Derek, they are in the yeah. AFC championship game. Derrick Henry was like, Okay, I, I spotted you guys enough enough losses. Let's let's start and make our playoff run. Do you know the last team to last succeed to have won the uh Super Bowl was the twenty twenty ten uh, Packers? Oh. Oh, so we haven't had a six seed win a Super Bowl since 2010. I think it's a perfect time. The start of the new decade, 10 years. I don't know. That's a weird fact. But it's just like, <laughs> why not? All right. Perfect. All, All right. right. So I think that's that for our very first episode. Thank you for listening. My name is Bilal Malik and my co-host Trenton Cito. You can find us at Twitter at uh, Bill Malik 15. That's B I L M A L I K 15 and Trenton Cito and at Trenton Cito. And also don't forget to follow Radio DePaul Sports at RDP Sports. We'll be here same time next week. Thank you for listening. Broadcasting live from our new state of the art studio in downtown Chicago. It's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.